On this week's episode of the RAG podcast, I was joined by Alex Kirika. Alex is the founder of Tail Recruitment, which is, this is your tail is the URL of this brand. And it's a, it's a completely new recruitment agency specializing in, I think it's medical tech and she specifically does financial crime um, and regulation for fintechs. Um, this was a really, really fun episode. Alex is a 24 year old uh, new recruitment owner. She only launched the business in June. So she quit her job in May in lockdown and launched in June. Uh, really interestingly though, she did it with a guy that she'd never met. So it was only because of the content she produces, the videos she produces on LinkedIn, that another recruiter, a guy called Harry, reached out and said, look, I like your style. I'm thinking of doing this. Would you be interested? They got to know each other through lockdown and they started the business, signed shareholders agreements, set up a company, and they've still never met in the flesh, which is absolutely crazy. So um, she's only a couple of months in. She's, they're making money. They're making placements. Uh, she seems like she's absolutely loving life in lockdown and at 24 years old with nothing to lose. Why not? This was the story that, you know, it makes me love this sector so much because, you know, it just provides a platform for people to be entrepreneurs at any point in their life, no matter how old or experienced they are. And if, if you've got the confidence and you want to make something of yourself, recruitment allows you to do that. Also, I feel like the vision I personally had for this sector back when I started Hoxo three and a half years ago was that there was going to be more people like this. Alex is exactly like that. She's producing content. She sees her job 50% marketing, 50% recruitment. Um, and it's making her placements. Like her videos make her money. And I uh, absolutely love this episode. So if you're listening you, and you're thinking about launching a company or you're already in it and you, know, you want to find out more about how brand and content can help um, your, your, your agency, then listen to Alex because she's, she's a living and breathing example of how it works. So... You're going to get lots and lots of value from this episode. Without further ado, Alex, welcome to the RAG podcast. Thank you for having me on. Not a problem. It's a pleasure. We, um, we just had a quick chat before and it, it felt like we knew each other, even though we've never met. Yes, that's the benefit of having content. <laughs> that's the whole, this whole personal brand journey I talk about a lot. Um, I feel like I see your stuff. Are you putting something out every day now? Is it a video every day on LinkedIn? I'm trying to do about two to three videos a week now. They just work so much better than posts. The engagement levels are so much higher. You actually get to connect with the audience. So I much prefer videos. Yeah, I think uh, we can talk about this in a bit, but um, I think the written posts are doing really well on LinkedIn, but videos, I think, like, I feel like I actually know you by watching you rather than just reading your words. So I think it's yeah. The different level of engage of relationship you build with people online, I think, from video. But um, look, I haven't even, you know, I've done you a little intro there. But uh, for the listeners' benefit, tell us who that who you are and what it is you do. So I'm Alex. I run an agency called Tail, um, and I focus specifically on fintech recruitment for compliance and financial crime hires. Wow, super niche. Super super niche. Um, but I love that. It's what I've been focusing on for the past three years and I get to know the community. I have the network there and I just absolutely love it. I wouldn't want to expand from it if I'm honest. <laughs> Literally know everyone in that space and grow, can grow with it. Yeah. I mean, the benefit of being in fintech is that there's over 250 fintechs in London and there's so many startups all the time. 
So you think you know the market, but then there's constantly new people coming in and new brands coming in, new companies. Um, it's not just your standard like, oh, HSBC, RBS, Lloyds. And those are your clients. No, I'll get a message from someone who's like, oh, hey, we're five people and we're, we're launching. It's like, oh, this is great. It's exciting. A bit like mine, right? New recruitment companies like you pop up all the time. So <laughs> client base, your client base is uh, it's, it's never ending, really. It's always always changing, which is exciting. So let's go back a bit. Like, yeah. how long have you been in recruitment? Three years. Right. So Not a long time. long to be launching. So tell us a story. Like, how did you get into recruitment? Just like most people, completely fell into it. I think I graduated. I was about to do my master's. I put my CV up on the internet and then I get a call just saying like, oh, you know, um, you said that you want to work with people, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to go to an interview here? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, sold me the dream. Ended up in a very corporate company. Um, that was pretty much it. <laughs> really? And what was it going straight into the... The market you're in now yeah so i didn't really have a choice they put me into the team that had a, a, a spot and they just said you're going to be doing financial crime compliance recruitment i have no idea what that was never heard about it in my life and so i spent a lot of time getting to know the market trying to figure it out and then when i changed jobs i stuck in the same market um and yeah Literally just three years, but I wanted to move away from the corporate side of it. Well, pretty quickly, you knew you weren't set for a corporate business. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to watch Suits a lot, right? Mm. So the whole corporate environment at the beginning was like, oh, that's amazing. That's exactly what I want my life to be like. And then after a year and a half of it, I said, nah, this is no way for me. Like You're not going to be meeting Harvey Specter in the office. It's just not going to no. I'm not going to be Donna anytime soon. There's no Harvey Specters around. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and for me, it was just, I think you know as well as I do, traditional recruitment is just sell, sell, sell. Like, you know, get on the phone, pick up those clients, do all of that. And for me, it was almost like, I don't like selling for the sake of selling. And yeah. yeah. I don't think I ever saw it quite like a product sell. I saw it like a playground. I used to look at the recruitment market like a playground. I was like, right. Mine was like yours. I used to do Lloyds of London insurance companies, not fintech, but, you know, underwriters and brokers all by the gherkin. And I just saw it as this big circle of companies that I could work with. And I was like, right, I just need to get, and I knew the job titles I wanted to network with. And it was like, right, how do I get in front of them? Like just pitch myself. How do I get myself in front of these people? Because the more of them I meet, the more I, lo I know them, the more I'll, 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 I'll be successful. And that kind of just worked. But I, I want to know, how, how did you find the early days? Like, did you genuinely enjoy the job? Or did you, like, did you instantly know that it was the sort of thing you were going to stick at and become an entrepreneur in? Or? Um, no, not at all. To be honest, I did not think I would be opening up my business. If you asked me in January or like in February time, or you're going to tell me, Alex, you're going to start your own business in three months time. I'd be like, no, I'm not. What the hell are you on about? No chance am I doing that. Um, but one thing I knew is that I really, really like financial crime, like anti-financial crime to be specific, like what it stands for, the ethics, the humanity side of it. And because of that, the candidates that I speak to are also very, very human. 
yeah. like they they all care about you know making sure that human trafficking doesn't happen or you know they find out fraudulent activity and stuff like that so because i got to know those candidates and how passionate they were about that sector it made me really passionate about it so when i left my old company i had offers to join different sectors and i just simply did not want to um because i enjoy this one so much so that's pretty good yeah, that is that is a that is a game changer i think if you if you genuinely you know recruitment is a process at the end of the day right it's, it's a pro yeah. you can be better than others at it but it is a process but genuinely liking and caring about the people you deal with i think you know it's like any business i i i loved my recruitment market but i love my job now more like dealing with yeah. owners for me people like yourself you know i get excited about it. i genuinely get excited about it and i think that's why you know you can throw you can throw so much more work at someone who gets excited by the purpose of what they're doing. And they don't, you're not just thinking about the money at the end of it. You're thinking about actually helping people and, and what impact you're having. So um, I love that. What, so let's get, let's get into it then. You, you'd say four or five months ago, you weren't looking at launching a company, right? So what, what, set the scene. Where were you in January 2020? What was your life like? So funnily enough, my old company knows this, but I, was, I got a job offer to work in Miami. Oh, wow. Uh, so my plan was actually to move to Miami um, because I do all my salsa dancing, that whole Latin community. That is exactly what I love. But then that was to work in a pharmaceutical industry. And even though it's big in Miami and it's big in the US and a lot of money, it just didn't appeal to me because it wasn't fin crime and it wasn't fintech. Mm. And then I rejected the offer. COVID happened. And that's when I realized, okay, something needs to change and we need to keep on top of what's going on and be innovative and try and drive something different. Otherwise we're going to fall flat on our faces. And I think at the time, a lot of recruitment companies at the beginning were worried about cash flow or revenue or, or anything like that. Um, and they were pushing KPIs heavily, like making sure that you're getting those deals in and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas for me, I took a backseat and I thought, no, humanity needs to come first here because people are struggling, people are suffering, people are getting made furloughed and redundant. So why don't we help them through this period um, with advice and everything like that? And then we'll see what comes out of it at the end. Yeah. That was my approach. And you kept on or were you furloughed yourself? No, I was kept on. I was one of the few that wasn't furloughed or made redundant, which kind of made the idea of me leaving even more crazy to some people. It's like, you had a secure job. Why did you leave? When, when, um, was, the, when was the moment you realized you were going to set up? Uh, May. It was in May. Oh, so it's not long ago. Not long ago at all. It was someone, um, Harry, my business partner, he dropped me a message. Um, because he saw my videos on LinkedIn and he already had his business for a year, but he wanted to rebrand. And I said, yeah, I mean, we can have a chat. And we worked on it together. We had the same vision about what we see recruitment like, um, the whole humanity aspect of it. And we just started working together, came up with Tail, came up with the branding and how we want to shape recruitment. What was the name like? What was the story behind the name? Oh, it was a Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. I was looking at the word talent 
and then literally just saw tail in there and i was like oh my god that is perfect like we want to change people's narratives we want it to be about storytelling it, it was as simple as that it was just looking at a word and just like oh tail pardon not another recruitment company called that no oh, which is crazy i thought there would be so many an agency with every word you, when i was looking at mine originally i remember just we just put in like every Latin word you could think of and it was already taken. Every single one was already taken. Um, and, uh, and I think it's a really cool name. This is a really cool name. This, and it's, this is your tale, right? That's the URL. Yeah. So it's, this is your tale. Um, and yeah, like I said, the whole point of it is that it should be about your narrative, your career journey. And we just want to help you through that. Um, because it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that boring you know trying to do recruitment or at least the candidate experience that's something that was really heavily focused with us um and something i didn't tell you actually but we we do a whole mental health element where once we've placed a candidate we offer like therapy sessions with an external party for the transition period so if you've got like a three months notice period people go quiet on you your recruiter goes quiet and your new company goes quiet and then you have to give in your notice, you have to change everything, say goodbye to your friends. Yeah. So what we decided as a transition is you can have this consulting service that can actually just aid you through that process if you want it. A quick interruption of the episode to bring to you a message from our sponsor, which is Odro. Odro, as most of you probably know, is the world's most powerful all-in-one video interview platform for recruiters. Used by thousands of recruiters worldwide and with some of the industry's biggest names amongst its client base, Audra is a video interview platform. It was developed specifically to help agencies increase their revenues. The most innovative solution on the market, Audra's software helps recruiters to engage more talent, reduce time to hire, and most importantly, it helps you win business. You'll even get the ROI back from investing in Audra within just 45 days. It's designed to benefit everyone in the process. So from recruiters to clients to candidates, Audra's platform is improving the hiring process one interview at a time. We chose to partner with Odro because we felt like both brands, Hoxo and Odro, were in such a clear alignment in the way that we approach everything we do and how passionate we are about helping this industry grow. If you want to find out more about how Odro can help your agency transform its process and win more business, win exclusivity and drive revenue, then click the link on the podcast notes and every social post that goes out and they will, you will get a call back by one of the Audro guys. They're, they are awesome, and I'm sure they'll be able to offer some amazing value to your business. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. You know what? I think as a recruiter, we, we forget that. The, the, we forget. We, we're constantly delivering offers. We're constantly getting people to agree to things, but we forget what that actually means per person, how much that, you know, sometimes that means families moving house or, you know, change, kids changing schools that, you know, we've never even met. Um, so I think that the more ancillary services recruiters offer around the traditional placement model, you know, the better, the more there's one, there's another one of my clients, um, who do similar to you and they, they also have a post placement like coaching program. So they are fine. They've, they've built like a network of coaches in lots of different areas. So for example, if you're in a leadership role, they will also, as part of the deal, you know, put you through a leadership coaching program or whatever. That's uh, perfect. Yeah. The more, the more you can do, obviously it eats away at the profit margin. If you do, if you don't charge for it, but 
as a as a purpose maximizer and as a differentiator in a market that's so saturated, I think it's a good plan. Yeah, I mean, you have to when you look at the cost. Okay, if you've got a big business and you've got like twenty people to take care of, I don't know because I'm not there, right? But at the moment, if I can put ten percent off a placement, which let's say on average is like a thousand pounds, ten percent. With a thousand pounds, you can do so much. You can literally offer a course to the individual um, in whatever specific area. You can offer anything that they want. Um, obviously, I don't know how that is if you've got a bigger company and how that eats away. But for the moment, I much prefer it. You know. Yeah, it's a good play. I think. Yeah, if you if once you start hiring and stuff, your profit margins become a bit different because you. Need to- <laughs> I'll come to you for advice when that happens. Shout later on. Um, so the, on a Sunday afternoon, you come up with the name. You and Harry agree. I mean, did you, did you even know this guy? You never worked with him? No, we didn't. Not at all. We um, definitely spent a couple of weeks kind of talking, making sure that we're on the same wavelength. And I think it's just the future of new business. We've never even met in person, but we speak You've constantly. Been- no, it's well, I've met him during COVID. Oh wow! How have you managed to sign contracts and stuff all digitally? DocuSign. Yeah. It's brilliant. This <laughs> is fine. Um, that, um, that, you know what? Sometimes I don't even care if the listeners are listening. Like sometimes I'm thinking, what's the strap line going to be for this episode? And that is <laughs> launching a company when you've never even met your business partner. <laughs> you know that is that is genuinely COVID reality. It's like yeah. If you'd have said that alone, like, <laughs> last year, like, you know, you could launch companies from you never met, you'd be like, shut up. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it works, though, because the one thing we wanted to make sure is we're both the same age. We both really care about the morals and the humanity aspect of recruitment. And that was the most important part for both of us. And once we realized that we're on the same wavelength, we both have some really good ideas. We just thought, fuck it, why not? Mm. Sorry, I shouldn't swear, but I was like, screw it. Don't worry, this podcast is uh, uncensored for <laughs> swearing. I try not to swear too much, but I do offend. I do, I've offended some people in the past, but it does <laughs> swing out. Um, have, I actually spoke to Harry last year. Um, I really liked him. We had a little chat about his brand and it wasn't the right time to work with us, but I remembered him. And as soon as I saw he was your partner, I was like, yeah, I think he's a good guy. He's going in the right direction. So, Well, I'll tell you about him. He is... The reason it works well, again, is because he goes at 100 miles per hour with about 10 million ideas. And I'm the person that says, okay, cool, let's structure it now. So I, that's why it works so well, because I can just pull him back down to reality a bit and actually enforce it. Yeah, my, uh, my business partner's like you. I'm the Harry. <laughs> I'm the and then he's like, really? <laughs> okay. He's, he's got a got a good sense of letting me burn myself out. And then when I got talking, it was like, now you're finished. Let's do the <laughs> that we talked about yesterday. I'm like, yeah. Um, sounds like a good, I mean, it's a good dynamic. There's, there's, there's a book you should read if you haven't read it, right? It's called Traction. Okay. By a guy called Gino Wickman. And the, the listeners will remember, if you've ever listened to my show back in 2019 when I launched it, I'd, I'd literally just read this book when I launched the podcast. So it was, it was in my head and I mentioned it on every episode. I think I should get commissioned for the amount of books. It <laughs> but um, it's all about structuring a small business and making it like um, built for, for scale without, without chaos. Um, and it talks about the classic business partner relationships. And 
there's like an age old partnership that works and it's basically the visionary, which is sounds like Harry where they're, you know, ideas, enthusiastic, um, creative. And then you've got the, uh, integrator, which sounds like you where they, you know, they, they actually get shit done. They make sure stuff happens. Um, that's why you see my videos and that's why you don't see many of Harry's. Yeah, maybe, you yeah. won't mind me saying that. <laughs> I'm actually edited up. So, um, <laughs> But, but that is the, it's meant to be like an age-old partnership, right? Visionary integrator, visionary. So it sounds like you've, you've kind of stumbled on that without really planning it, which is pretty cool. Sets you, it should set you up in good stead. I hope so. So far, it's going well. Where September's going to be our third month of having the business. Um, and things are going well so far. So let's go back. Let's go back. I'm, yes. I'm at the point where that Sunday, you've come up with a name. How did you then make the decision when to leave and you know like you're getting paid in a pandemic how did you make the call to say like do it now like what went through your mind i figured if i don't do it now then i'm never gonna do it and you analyze the risks in front of you and i figured i'm living at home with my parents i have no bills i pay no rent i'm 24 if there's any time to do something like this it's now because in a couple of years time, maybe I'll be married or having kids or having a mortgage and then I'll be less likely to want to make that risk. Yeah. So my parents were fully on board. All my friends were completely on board. Um, and the hardest thing was probably just telling my old company that, right, <laughs> I'm moving on. I think I people underestimate how hard it is to give in your notice. Oh, 100%. How did they take it? Um, we it, it went really well to be honest no one was bitter about it they wished me the best of luck they tried to keep me on which is always flattering um but i figured i have to do this otherwise i'm always going to think what if for all i know i could fall flat on my face in a year's time but i'm never going to regret taking you know that step to actually do it what could you what what, what can you lose at the point in your life like you, you, can't, you can't go back to your parents. You're already there. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. There's really not much that I'm losing out on. <laughs> really? No. When the world's in a bit of a standstill as well. I mean, I got, I got Hoxo tattooed on my wrist a year and a half ago. Um, and I get, a lot of people, I get a lot of people say to me, like, you really got that? I'm like, yeah, because even if it failed, right, even if it all fell apart, it's still my business. It's still the first thing I ever launched. Like, you can't take that away from me. The no. experience, the experience of growing a company, and we're what three and a half years old now, and it's um, it's amazing how fast it goes. So you, I'd say enjoy year one. My advice to you is enjoy year one because that is it. It actually gets more serious in year two because you you live in this like crazy enthusiasm in year one where <clears throat> it's unknown. It's like just pure emotion, and then year two you feel like you got something you could lose. Like you know when you started making a bit of money and you might have hired a person or two and you're like, shit, I'm responsible for some things now. Um, yeah. This one's amazing. But so when did you actually go in and quit and, and say I'm out? When, when, when did that happen? Oh, so beginning of May is when I decided, right, I want to do this. End of May is when I gave in my notice. And it was a bit of a pain because I build really well. So I was supposed to get lots of commission coming in, but yeah. God, you gotta say no. I just thought, screw it. I have to do it. It doesn't matter. Um, and then we just started working on the branding straight away. We just said, 
we want it to be a recruitment company, but we don't want people to know that it's recruitment at the same time. And the plan for it and how we envisioned it when we started it is that we want Tail to be a community of almost superstar recruiters where they can set up their own niche. Um, and Tail essentially can be a form or a process of recruitment that has that humanity aspect, regardless of what niche you're in. Okay. Um, and that fits in well with what Harry and I do, because Harry does medcoms, I do fintech, but the process of recruitment is under Tail. Okay. Um, and that's how we want it to be. A final interruption to today's episode to introduce Vincere. Vincere is the all-in-one CRM ATS platform built for the recruitment and staffing industry. Now, I first heard about these guys about a year ago. The amount of prospect recruitment agencies and clients I was working with that were telling me they were moving over to Vincere, I had to look into it. And what I found was a business that had a global reach um, with multiple offices around the world. So they've got this follow the sun methodology, which allows them to support recruitment businesses wherever you are and, have, and, and be in your time zone. But the technology that they've invested in um, is becoming a disruptor in the space. More and more recruitment businesses are doing this to give their, their recruiters a competitive advantage. They broke into the G2 Crowd's momentum grid as a market leader based on their reviews from their customers. So the, the agencies that are using this platform are raving about it. Now, if you're a rag listener and you're thinking about changing CRM or you're a new business looking to launch with a new CRM, then I would get in touch with, the, with these guys because if you mention that you're a rag listener, they're doing an amazing deal. By visiting www.vincere.io forward slash rag, you can get an exclusive deal which offers two months completely free on a two-year commitment or three months completely free on a three-year commitment. This applies to all licenses that you've either signed up for now or that you'll add in the duration of the contract. So get on there and have a look. Finally, if you're listening to your recruiter and you're thinking, I want to move into a more of a business development role um, and I'd like to keep hold of my recruitment knowledge. Well, these guys are recruiting for a BD person, well, multiple roles in both Sydney and London right now. So if you've got a strong recruitment background, you want to move into BD and you want to work for a fast moving tech business that's helping people like you right now, then get in touch via their website because they're hiring today. Back to the show. So what was... When you, when you started, you, you would, did you have June out? You had to have June off, garden leave or whatever? Um, how long did I have off? Yeah, I think I had a, a couple of weeks off. I couldn't do anything, so I wasn't doing anything. I was kind of just trying to design my own tail branding. Um, but sadly, it just, it was shit. The weather was pretty yeah. good as well so you probably got a bit of time just to chill out in the sun oh yeah i was in the garden i was talking to my parents i was drinking beer every day pretending i was on holiday nice. um <laughs> and then i was actually quite excited about having the non-disclosure agreement because it just meant that i have to go after all new fintechs and i was suddenly just so motivated um to go after completely new clients yeah well that, it forces you right so what, when was the first when did you like First day of work on tail, what was the date? Uh, first day of work was 1st of July. So July, August. So we're going into September, into month three. Um, yeah. What, I asked this question a few times on the show because I get a lot of people wanting to start up. Like most of my, a lot of my listeners are like you maybe last year where you think, well, if you were thinking, but they're thinking of starting a company in the future. And that's what this show is about helping them understand. So what things from a setup perspective, 
would you say have been would be important for anyone who's thinking of launching a recruitment company in 2020 2021 they need to think about set up okay at the beginning i had to do a lot of reading on how to set up your own limited company your own business and then if you're going in with someone else it's having a contract in place realizing how that's going to work if someone makes a placement is it going to go into a shared bank account is it going to go into the individual's bank account like all of these tiny little details that you need to think about before you even make a placement otherwise you're going to find yourself in a pickle right so i would start with the bare bones of it of having a business banking account um, having your limited company set up having your website domain and everything that you need um, in order to do your job. And then when you make your first placement, you know that if you send an invoice, you know how it works. You don't want to be left right last minute and you're like, crap, I've made a placement. What the hell is an invoice and what does it look like? You know? Yeah, sure. So I think, um, yeah, it, all that kind of stuff took me a while to get my head around and figuring out what a good accountant is and, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. I don't even know what dividends were. Yeah, but uh, there's so much you don't know as an employee. Like You just don't know. No one's ever explained it to you, have they? So um, obviously, yeah, as a business owner, you can, you can pay yourself through dividend, which is a lower tax rate. Um, obviously, you can only pay dividend if there's profit in a company, though. So you can, you know, you, you've got to, there's certain, certain regulations around it. And, uh, uh, but what about setup in terms of CRM and tech? What have you selected as a startup? I've been playing around on the CRM front because um, I had one called Talisman initially, and that was free. My overheads, overheads, for instance, I, I think they they can be very low for a comp for a recruitment company. So I think my overheads at the moment are like two hundred and fifty pounds a month, which is LinkedIn, accountant, um, phone bill. That's literally all that it is, and CRM. I'm about to change to another one called Job Adder, I think, which is um, kind of follows Trello. Do you use Trello? Yeah, I use Trello. I love Trello. And it's, it just works for me because I'm more about, you know, color coding and seeing things visibly. So um, I'm just about to change on to that. But I do not think if you're just starting out that you need a CRM straight away to be paying for. I just don't think that it's a cost that you need right at the beginning. Um, that, that's my opinion. Some people could differ, but yeah, I, think, I think it depends on some people need it to like, just feel like they're working. They need that habitual place to put their data in and stuff. Um, but I do get your point. I think it's really important to keep costs low. How have you found then? So what, what's the first two months been like? Tell us, paint the picture. What's it been like? I've had lots of messages. Like the, the one thing that I wanted to get away from is that I never want to do a cold BD call again in my life. That is not something I want to do. So instead of doing BD or using that time where I'm supposed to be doing BD, I actually come up with new content. So I come up with new content um, or I edit my video stuff and I'm just constantly putting that out there. And off the back of that, the BD does itself because I get people get in touch with me. So I feel like my job is 50-50. It's 50% marketing, 50% recruitment. It's amazing hearing you say that because like when I launched this business three and a half years ago, that was my vision that I felt the industry was going to go that way. And people were like, what are you talking about? I was like, 
honestly, people are going to start making videos. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure of it. <laughs> when I first started putting videos up, people like were just taking the piss constantly. Like they were just sending me my own videos back to me. Like, what are you talking about? I was like, look, this is going to take off. Like other sectors are doing it. YouTubers have been doing this for a long time. Like Instagram yeah. influencers exist. Why is LinkedIn not going to go the same way? And I was like, I was the same. I used to sit there. We had to make 10 BD calls for 10 a.m. That was kind of a 10 before 10. And I was like, but there's guys on YouTube getting a million fucking views from, for a video about nothing. And I'm like, you know, imagine we did that. So that was where Hoxo came from, was that I wanted a brand like yours. I said, Hoxo, the recruitment company, was the original company. It was going to be built on me doing video content. It was exactly the same, but we're talking 20, no. 2016. So as you were getting in, and you were way ahead. Yeah, my way ahead of your time. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, trust me. We've got a non-compete clause for six months. I, if I make a video every day on LinkedIn, clients will come to me. And the ones that I don't work with will. And the ones that I can't work with, when it comes to the end of the six months, when I phone them, they're going to know exactly what I've been doing. It's yeah. nothing in the contract that says I can't produce content. Um, and that, but then I, when I told other people about it, they got that excited about this. It was like four or five companies paid me before I even launched to do it for them. And I was like, oh, there's something in there. So that's when I flipped my idea to working with recruiters rather than being the someone doing it. Yeah. But I still had to stand out and do the videos. And, and it's, it's nerve wracking. But what you, you started this video content before you left, right? Because I remember seeing your stuff probably for like six months or so. I feel like I've seen you about. Is it? Is it yeah. I actually started doing it just before COVID hit. It was really weird timing. I think timing is everything. But I started doing it just about mid-March is when I started posting videos. And you could tell because they're really shit as you scroll down. And then you can tell that I've improved my editing since then. Um, but yeah, my colleagues were doing the same thing. They were just like, oh, there's Alex posting another video or here she goes again. Well, some um, think it's like, you know, you're egotistical, you love the sound of your own voice, but they won't say that when you're flying. Like, you know, I got loads of that. Now it's like, well, I'm coaching people how to do it now. Right. So it's, it, it will turn and it already sounds like it's working for you. Oh, completely. And the fact is if I do message someone or a new client, that I'm connected with, they, the first thing they say is, oh, you know, I've been seeing your videos and my, the response rate is so much higher because they see my face on there constantly. Yeah. So, you know, some people are fine with that. If, you, if they see my face too much, they can just unfollow, that's not a problem. Um, but the, the main thing over the past couple of months has been just producing content that can help people with their CVs or anything more specific towards financial crime. And I feel like now, there's enough content on there when it comes to CV help that people want other things more in relation to mental health, getting back into work. Um, so the content that you do as well just changes every single time. I'm not going to be talking about CV tips for the rest of my career and producing video content on that. Yeah. What, what, how do you plan it? Like what, what's your process? That's one thing I've been struggling with because I can't say I have a proper process. I, if it's late at night, about 9 p.m., I have a little folder in my OneNote that says late night thoughts. And I come out with about eight to nine different video ideas. And then in the morning, I brush it up. But my, my standard structure is, what's your first point? 
like what's the main overall point and then three bullet points with like three ideas conclusion end of story so i've refined the process to the point where it's just like two minutes max a video and they're like quick little snappy thoughts um you do all the editing yourself yeah i've been playing around with different softwares and stuff in what works for me and what i like um just got a new camera which i'm very happy about um but i actually enjoy the editing process i tend to do it after work it's just so therapeutic tools are you using at the minute that works for you so i'm using something called filmora filmora 9. is it good it is good it's cheap and friendly and it's mainly used for youtube like bloggers and stuff on youtube Right. And again, because I'm a new business or there's limited cash flow or whatever, I don't want to be spending like hundreds of thousands of pounds a month right now. But hopefully after six months or whatever, once I have a lot of work going on, I can just, you know. You know, LinkedIn's changing because I mean, back in 2017 when I started, you could literally just put your iPhone up and do a video and get, I got a quarter of a million views on one just talking about the gym. You know, like, recruiters should be allowed to train at work like at lunch yeah. and it went off but you didn't need to think about editing there was no subtitles really no one it was just so new whereas now like everyone's standards just getting better and better but there are tools out there now like uh headliner or subtitle where they automatically put these subtitles on for you through ai and there's loads of stuff out there that's so cool um i like the fact you're i've got this process called uh, the pvc methodology that i've defined right okay. So um, over a week, I try to do one personal piece of content. So that's something that's not recruitment related or work related, right? It's just something about my life, something about my thoughts. Like you say, talk about mental health, talk about anything. And to be honest, this podcast in some recent episodes has gone that way because it's just been so non-recruitment related. Um, Then I look for the V stands for valuable content. So that's where I'll think, right, three times a week, I'm going to try and offer advice, things that I'm already doing, that I'm already talking about, that I can just... Because people don't realize you know so much. I always say content should be an extension of your day job. Like if you're trying to think of things outside of your job, like why? Like just think of the things you're already saying. Like the things you tell one candidate on the phone, tell them all on the, on LinkedIn and they'll, you know, they'll all. all right. That's yeah. another thing. Once I realize that I'm repeating the same information to every candidate, I just think, well, might as well make a video on this because there must be other people who could use this advice. So you're mm-hmm. right. And then the final one, the C stands for credible. And that's where you, I, I think if you get the personality bit right, and then you give loads of free value, you still need to show you're good at what you do. So by talking about things like success stories, case studies, testimonials, if you drop in once a week, you're mentioning, you know, telling the story of a candidate you placed and why. I think that combination over a week keeps people understanding you, gives loads of free value, and, you know, it keeps them knowing you're, you're top of your game. So that's a little process I follow. So try it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down if you don't mind. I'm constantly learning. See, for me, it's the other way around. Whereas you're offering advice on things that you're doing. Whereas for me, because I've only had a business for two months, I'd rather ask for that advice or just think like, okay, guys, this is kind of what I'm struggling with. And what I've noticed is that the LinkedIn community is amazing. Yeah. They are willing to help. And especially during this COVID period, I've never seen so many people really pushing to help others it went crazy though i remember literally when it came mid-march when when it hit like you know i was getting calls off a lot of clients what are you hearing across the market sean like what's going on 
Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's not good. Like I'm getting a lot of calls. A lot of customers I had were like, you know, can we lower fees? Could we cancel contracts, pause, all this stuff. And I was like, look, just, let's just all take a breath because let's just see. And then within a week, I started doing a daily podcast. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to release this every day now because it's yeah. once a week's not enough. I'm going to try and Zoom every... And I used to do the podcast physical in the office. So it's going on Zoom, it's going daily. And that allowed me to touch point with so many people. And I just saw people's activity on LinkedIn just skyrocket. Like people were just spending hours on there trying to ask for advice and help each other. And you could, yeah, you could ask, you could write the word help and thousands of people would just be willing to, which is, it's amazing. Um, what... How have you found the actual job in the last two months? Is it busy? Are you getting work? I am. I have currently got six clients that I'm working with. I've done a couple of placements already. Really? Which is, yeah, which I'm really happy about. Um, but the benefit, well, like the, the best thing, the worst thing about working with a fintech is that if you're a startup, you probably don't have HR. Right. So there's no streamlined process and trying to get shit done. So with some companies, I feel like I'm an extension of their HR where I'm actually telling them, like, look, this is what your process is going to look like. This is what you need to do. And that's one of the other reasons why I love working with them, because I'm adding so much more value than, you know, just getting an email from HR saying, Alex, can you help us fill this role? And that's it. I feel a lot more involved in the company and you grow with them. You grow with those companies as well. Yeah, you grow with them. And because of the sector that I work in, it's, it's a regulated market. So one thing I've always had a feeling of safety in is that if you're a financial institution, you're going to be regulated. So you're going to need these people. True. True. And you're in that regulated space, right? Yeah, completely. Um, and whenever you see a fintech coming up, you're going to need someone in the sector I work in. Otherwise you can't operate. It's as simple as that. So you've made yourself indispensable really in that space. (laughs) That's the plan. (laughs) So what, so what is the future? Tell me about what, how you see the next 12, 12 months or so. What's what, what you're hoping for? What I'm hoping for is see the rest of the year through and just really focus on the recruitment front. Like I said, my 50, 50 job market is, you know, focus on the recruitment side and then focus on the marketing side and see how that can snowball and have that effect. And then as of next year, January, depending on where we are, I'm going to bring someone else on board and just really start thinking about growing the tail community. Um, So just like any other recruitment company is going to be about growth, but we're not, weirdly enough, we're not massively money hungry. We want this to be ethical and we want to give back to the candidates and we want to help the candidates on their journeys. So yeah, we have targets, but they're not crazy, you know? Yeah. Is, is, is headcount growth something that excites you though? Having a big team or is it, would you like it nice and lean moving forward? Nice and nice and lean, I would say. I rather the, the way that we would want to have it, and from Harry and I talking, the model that we would want to have is bringing in a superstar recruiter who's really well known in their niche. We would give them the setup that they need from a marketing front um, and everything, 
and they would keep 80% of their billings. So we want to flip it. In most agencies, you probably get around 10, 20%. We want to flip it the other way around where actually the recruiter is getting 80% of their commission because it's their work, it's their doing, we're just providing a platform for them. And that's how we want the tail community to grow. Yeah. Makes sense. I've heard a few of them. Someone else said it. He said, most agencies think, what's the minimum, what's the minimum amount of money I can pay a recruiter to keep them in the job? And this other guy was like, what's the maximum amount I can pay them and still make profit myself? And I thought that was a great way of looking at it. Like, so it's about, I love these disruptive models that people are going with because it's what, you know, it's what young and fresh ideas will bring to the sector. And it's how the, how the recruitment agency market will grow. It will, it will look very different after COVID-19. Like the amount of companies that have shrunk because of, you know, furlough and what, so, what have you. And then are they going to really want to grow the same way? Are they going to want to throw the same headcount back in? I'm not convinced. I think there'll be a lot of smaller, leaner, more agile, more marketing, technology-focused businesses now rather than just hiring a load of juniors and throwing as many in a room as you can. Oh, uh, my God, completely. I find it so crazy. You get an agency that calls themselves specialists, but they've just hired a 21-year-old fresh out of uni who's now a specialist in hiring engineers when he's only just heard about the job about two months ago. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> trainee specialist, right? That's what it's about. Um, yeah. My final thing with you is just how, like, what goes through your head, right? Because you're, you know, you're young, you're energetic, you're on video, you're launching a business. Like, you know, it can't all be easy. Like, it's, it sounds great, but what's, what's it really like for you personally trying to do this? Like, what goes through your mind? Like, what do you, do you doubt yourself in any way? Is there anything that, what's the reality of it? Because it sounds unreal at the moment. <clears throat> it's really funny because I had this conversation with my mum when we were on holiday and I said to her, I said, mum, is it bad that I own my own company and I don't feel stressed? I, it sounds really weird. And I was panicking and I was thinking, am I doing something wrong? Like, is there something I'm missing out on where I should be constantly stressed? Because you see all these posts about, oh, you know, I work from the moment I open my eyes till I close my eyes when I own a business. But that's not how I want to run my business. I want to have a life. I want to make sure that my mental health is intact. I want to make sure I've got time for my salsa dancing, for my friends, because once you have all of these things in balance, they feed into your work. It makes me think of new content for work. Um, so the reality of it is that I'm, I'm enjoying it a hell of a lot. And I can't say I've been stressed yet. So maybe you can advise me on this. Like maybe I'm doing something wrong. No, I don't know. I'd say not at all. I'd say, you know, enjoy it for, for how I, I, I have no doubt stress will come your way but how you deal how you deal with it is is what what matters right there's a there's another line you know there's a there's a gap between stimulus and response there's a gap between yeah. when something happens and and the way you react and, and in that gap is where i think like people are happy or not because if you mm -hmm. can't manage that process and it sounds to me like you know you've got enough other things going on in your life that this is going to add to your life rather than become your life or at the moment anyway. Um, my advice to you would be, yeah, just enjoy this year because you haven't got anything to lose. It sounds like an amazing opportunity. Um, when you grow people, it will start to become more complex and there will be more headache and there will be 
I'd, I'd be interested to know what conversation you had with your mum in a year. <laughs> we'll get you back. I, I feel as though I thrive off of stress. So don't get me wrong. You know as well as I do, recruitment is an emotional roller coaster. You get one piece of good news in the morning, and then two hours later, you get something negative. But that's just the way that recruitment works. So I deal with that stress at that time. But anyone who works in recruitment will know that they need to park that or they need to deal with it because they can't just hang on it for the rest of the day. You know, if, if you get like a deal that falls through, fine, you can be sad for about five minutes, but you just have to go for the next one or you have to fix it or you have to do something else. Rubber. You have to just keep your head a break and move on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm so excited to see what you're going to do this year. I'm uh, you you stood out a mile with your videos. I've I, I mean I'm I'm connected to a lot of recruiters. I see a lot that's out there, and you've you've done. I think what you're doing is amazing. So keep it going. And thank uh, you so I'd much. I'd love to get you back on in a year and see what uh, what's happened with. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. No worries. And if if any of the listeners wanted to reach out and ask you any questions, you know there might be a lot of other recruiters that aren't even owners yet and just wanted to pick your brains. Are you open to have that chat with people? A hundred percent, both on Instagram and LinkedIn. I both I use both of them. I'll tag you on on the post that go out. But um, guys, thank you for listening again to another episode of the Rag Podcast. Um, I hope you uh, are enjoying this season show. This is today was all about you know this is what lockdown is is creating businesses in ways that we've never seen before. And uh, I'm hoping that you're you know, you're taking things from every single episode of this series. I don't ask for any money for you to listen to this show, but I do ask for one thing and that's you share the show with someone you know. So if you, you know another recruiter, you know someone in your life that you think would benefit from listening to Alex's story, then please get it out there because together as an industry, we're going to be a lot stronger if we stick together. I'll be back again next Wednesday with another story. Um, in the meantime, you stay safe and I'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, We've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing for. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team 
or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.